0: I want to share with you from the Word of God in Psalm 84. Psalm 84. I felt led to share from this passage today. Uh, I trust that it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, I want to begin reading with verse number one. Psalmist says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my God and King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I want to read that verse again. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I felt led to share this message today. The title of my message is Trusting God in the Valley. Trusting God in the Valley. I preached this message one time before. It was the first Sunday that we weren't meeting because of COVID in 2020. And uh, I don't know how many of you saw it online that day. Our, our beginning uh, stages of uh, online streaming were uh, hit and miss. <laughs> and uh, I felt like I would share this. Of course, at that time COVID was just beginning and it was a, a stressful time, but how many know Uh, You don't have to be in the middle of a pandemic, although they say it's ramping up again. But you don't have to be in the middle of a pandemic to experience stressful times, do you? Stress is part of life. And uh, the psalmist here in Psalm 84 is uh, dealing with a stressful time. And he expresses a longing for God's house. Some scholars feel that it may have been written during a time in Israel's history when the nation was under siege by Sennacherib, king of Assyria in 701 B.C. (coughs) Excuse me. The author may have been a Levite who normally served in the temple at Jerusalem, but was now prevented from doing so because of the siege. And when we were going through COVID, we could identify with that. Longing for the house of God and not being able to come together. Well, whatever its origin, the psalm speaks of being in the valley of Baca. We see that in verse 6. I want to note two things here about that. First of all, valleys in scripture are symbolic of difficult circumstances, as opposed to being in a place of victory, i.e. the mountaintop. So the imagery here is uh, one of making a long, difficult uh, pilgrimage through the valley Uh, toward the temple on Mount Zion. He's going through a a, a valley, a low place, a difficult place. The second thing to note here about reference to the Valley of Baca is that the word Baca is thought to refer to a tree or a shrub that grows in dry places. So this pilgrim writes of longing for the house of God while being in a desert-like valley. In other words, a valley of hardship, or weeping. You ever find yourself in a valley? You ever have times of hardship? Times of weeping? (laughs) I know you do. And in the midst of these painful trying circumstances, the message of this psalm rings out, and we find it in verse 12, the last verse of the psalm. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And man is generic here. It means person, individual. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now, that might seem like a typical biblical statement, a typical statement of the Psalms. But again, keep in mind the context. He's in a valley, a dry desert Place an arid place, making a painful pilgrimage, longing for the house of God. And in the midst of this difficult trying circumstance, he ends this psalm by saying, O oh Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. I want to encourage you today by sharing the fact that in challenging times, you can still be blessed. And that happens as you trust in the Lord. Amen? So this morning, from this passage, I want to share some benefits of trusting God in the valley. See, it's easy to trust God on the mountaintop. Right? You have your health, things are going well, no major problems to speak of. Uh, Your your stocks are up in the latest, uh, you know, index and things are going well. Uh, You got that promotion and uh, maybe you bought that new house or that new car and uh, you're you're getting along with your spouse and those around. Things just seem to be going well. It's easy to trust God then, isn't it? But what about when you have one problem after another? How many no problems tend to come in clusters? It's like that for me. I don't know about you you know, and uh, the problems come, appliances or vehicles break down, or, uh, you know, finances take a bad turn, you have conflict and problems at work. Uh, you're going through the valley, maybe physical infirmity, physical suffering, and, and you're struggling. It's a little harder to trust God then, isn't it? Well, can we just be honest? But I submit to you this morning that this psalm teaches us that there are benefits to trusting God in those dry, uh, difficult valleys that we go through. So this morning I want to answer the question, what are uh, the benefits of trusting God in the valley? The first one is this, it's that you can trust God to be your sanctuary. You can trust God to be your sanctuary. What is a sanctuary? Well, verse 1 tells us that it's God's dwelling place. It's the place where God dwells. Uh, What makes an earthly place a sanctuary is God's presence. So a desire for the sanctuary is really a desire for God himself. In verse 2, the psalmist says, My soul yearns, even for Faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. When's the last time you felt that way? I'm just... I'm just desperate to be in the Lord's house. I'm desperate to be in the Lord's presence. Now, I know God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. God is with us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our vehicles. He's with us out in nature. We know that God is with us. But there's a difference between uh, the uh, uh, omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is where there's a connection, okay? It's more than God just being there. It's that that his presence is manifest. His presence is real. We, we, We sense his nearness and we commune and we fellowship with him. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. My soul yearns for the presence of God. And as I said, that can take place anywhere, but there's something about coming together in the house of God. We associate the term sanctuary with a place of protection and peace. We uh, are familiar with phrases like animal sanctuary or church buildings used as uh, sanctuaries for refugees. But for the believer, what makes the sanctuary a place of peace and protection is the presence of God. We come to church. We don't come to just fulfill a ritual. We don't come to check a box to fulfill an obligation, we come to meet with the living God who's here today by his Holy Spirit. So a sanctuary is God's dwelling place. Secondly, a sanctuary is a place of worship. Verses 3 and 4, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow, a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you here the psalmist is a little jealous of the birds of the air the sparrow who he says has a nest near your altar you know i don't know if birds made their way into the uh the tabernacle <laughs> uh you ever go in costco warehouse see birds are flying all over the place there i don't i i, I don't know if that relates at all but it just came to my mind um kind of weird isn't it but uh But the psalmist is saying, you know, the bird can just fly. The bird doesn't have to deal with this problem in the valley. It can be near a place of your sanctuary. And and, and I sense a little bit of jealousy. Because he says, I long to be at the place of worship. Now again, you can worship God anywhere and everywhere. And and we should. We shouldn't just say, oh, okay, next Sunday I'll worship again and not worship uh, during the other six days of the week. Anywhere we meet with God is a place of worship. But there's something dynamic about coming together as the body of Christ and entering into worship. Sanctuary is a place of worship. And and the scripture says God inhabits the praises of his people. He dwells in the midst of a praising people. Third thing a sanctuary is, is uh, revealed to us in verse 10. The sanctuary is simply, I didn't know how else to word this, it's the best place to be. The best place to be. Look at verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. In other words, have a servant's role than dwell in the tents of the wicked and presumably prosperous. It's the best place to be. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. When, When we've been through this recent trial with my wife and we were in Illinois and we couldn't get to the house of God, man, I felt like a fish out of water. I really, I don't know about you, and I'm thankful, listen, I'm thankful we can stream our services online. I'm thankful for those of you who are watching. And, uh, and I know many are shut in. And, uh, and we have folks that have moved to different parts of the country and the world even. And they still consider Harvest uh, their home church, at least in a sense. And so that you tune in. And God bless you. We're so glad to have you here. And, and, but I, I tell you, as for, for my money, there's no substitute for coming into the house of God. Better is one day in your course. It's the best place to be. Not only do we meet with Almighty God, we meet with God's people. And there is a sense of nearness to Almighty God. When someone is traveling on foreign soil, when an American is traveling in a foreign country, if that country has a relationship with the United States, there's one place, one country, one, uh, campus, one complex in that foreign country that is home to the American. It's the American Embassy. And because according to international law a country's embassy in what, whichever uh, other country it's located, a country's embassy is its sovereign ground. And no doubt many an American traveling abroad uh, for one reason or another has found sanctuary in our nation's embassy. They say, this is home away from home. This is it's, this is my home, my dwelling place. Church, there is a sanctuary for God's people wherever he manifests his presence. As I said a moment ago, any place of, uh, can be a place of protection and peace and a place of worship. And listen, sometimes this world is a lonely place, isn't it? It's a cold, and it's 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 a it's a fear-inducing place, and uh, boy, you, you want to get fearful. Just read the headlines in the morning, you know, and and all that's going wrong, and you just shake your head at the godlessness that is sweeping across not only our world but our nation, and it, it, it you just can be forgiven for thinking, man, what in the world's going to happen? What's going to take place? How is this going to affect? myself and my family and my children and grandchildren, and the the world is getting worse and worse. Let me tell you, that those are very real human feelings, but I want you to know uh, that Almighty God is now and forever will be a sanctuary for his people. He's a dwelling place. He's a place of worship. Hi, being with him is the best place to be. Whatever you may be dealing with right now, you may feel alone. You may feel adrift. You may feel like you're out on your own, but I want you to know there's a sanctuary for you. Run to Him, cling to Him, hold fast to Him. God, you can trust God to be your sanctuary. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you thankful for that today? How many have uh, felt the reassurance of God being your sanctuary? You know what I'm talking about today. You can trust Almighty God through any and all times to be your sanctuary. What's the second benefit of trusting God in the valley? It's this, you can trust God to be your strength. You can trust God to be your strength. Verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. I want to tell you something this morning, and you can write this down. Real strength comes from God. Real strength. Strength that matters comes from God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed or happy, fulfilled, satisfied are those whose strength is in you. You see, uh, we, we too often... Uh, look to other sources as our source of strength. And let me tell you, none of us, I don't care how much we pride ourselves on being self-sufficient and, and being able to handle whatever comes down the pike. None of us are sufficient to be our own source of strength. Or we may look to those around us and uh, they are not sufficient to be our source of strength. Real strength comes from God. God. Secondly, we see here that his strength enables us to flourish in a dry place. Verse 6 says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. What is he saying? He's saying we can flourish in a dry place. That's a little contrary to our mentality, isn't it? When we're going through a tough time. I just want to survive, I just want to make it to the weekend. I just want to get past this trial. We say that as if there isn't another trial waiting, right? When history tells us otherwise. And sometimes we think we want to just survive. Can I tell you a little secret? We can not only survive in the dry place, we can thrive. We can prosper. The the truth of the matter is uh, that only the people of God... Uh, can prosper in a way that God counts prosperity in the midst of a dry place, in the midst of a valley, in the midst of a difficult circumstance. You read about Job, the poster boy for trouble, the poster boy for, for, for difficulty, for dealing with things that he didn't deserve, and, and all that he lost, and all that happened to him. But you know what it says. I've quoted it many, many times from this pulpit. You know what it says in the last chapter uh, of Job, chapter 42. It says this, that the end of Job was better than the beginning. He was better on the back end of the trial than he was before he experienced the trial. He was prosperous, he was happy, he had his family, he had his health, uh, but the trial came, the scripture says he was better on the back end. Why? Because that's what God does. He causes us not just to survive in in the dry place, in the valley, not just to get by, but if we turn to him, he will enable us to flourish in a dry place. He will enable us to thrive in the valley today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will turn the valley into a place of springs, a place of vegetation, a place of growth. That's what he does. And we it's hard to think that way in the midst of suffering because we're just thinking, busy thinking, oh, why? You know, woe is me. Why did this happen to me? And I just want to get through it. But I, instead, I, I, I want to encourage us to think a little differently. Say, Lord, I don't understand this trial. I didn't know it was coming. I don't know uh, what you're using it for. But Lord, I trust you that I'm going to thrive in this difficulty, in this dry place, in this valley. His strength Uh, Real strength comes from God. His strength enables us to flourish in a dry place. And thirdly, God continually renews our strength. Verse 7 says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God and Zion. God renews. I love that word renew. Just to, to make new. To replenish. God renews our strength. You see, earthly strength gives out physical strength gives out Uh, mental, uh, mental toughness you know they say about athletes he's mentally tough but that gives out but God is the renewer of strength. I love this scripture. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. You're familiar with it. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. Listen to this, church. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. That's the word of the Lord to you in the midst of your valley. That's the word of the Lord to you and me in the midst of our dry place today. Hallelujah. God renews our strength. We're all familiar with the Uh, concept of adrenaline. Adrenaline is a hormone that's produced by the adrenal glands uh, and it plays an important role in the fight-or-flight response by increasing blood flow to muscles, increasing the output of the heart, pupil dilation response, and blood sugar level. It can also be administered as a medication known as epinephrine which is used to treat a number of conditions including anaphylaxis, cardiac arrest and there are stories you've heard them as well as I have of uh, adrenaline enabling individuals to perform feats of strength often uh, uh, occurring in times of crisis. You know a parent who lifts a vehicle off a child that they normally couldn't do. Um, uh, And I want you to know this morning that the strength of God is a spiritual, emotional, and physical adrenaline that is available to us when we need it most. Just like physical adrenaline is there when we need it, God's spiritual adrenaline is there when we need it. Hallelujah. You see, he gives us what we need for today. And the thought of facing a trial in the future that we know is too much for us, it seems daunting, doesn't it? It seems, uh, and, and and how many times, that's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said, today has enough trouble. Deal with today's trouble, that's what Jesus said, right? But we, we don't always do that, don't we? we? We worry about tomorrow, we worry about the future, we fret and become anxious about the future because... What we're really saying is, hey, that that is a big trial. That is a, a big problem. And I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability to deal with it. No, but when the time comes, if it comes, you will have the strength. You will have the ability if you see God as the one who gives you strength. Because like adrenaline that pumps through our body in times of crisis, God will give you and me a spiritual adrenaline, amen, a spiritual power, a spiritual strength, and he'll enable us to deal with whatever comes our way. Remember the the title of our message Trusting God in the Valley You and I can trust him That's why David said to King Saul when he was about to face the giant Goliath who terrorized the armies of Israel, he said, listen, uh, there was a lion that uh, was ready to attack my father's flock and and I defeated it with my bare hands because the Lord enabled me. And then another time there was a bear that would attack the flock and the Lord enabled me to defeat that bear. And the Lord who enabled me to defeat that bear and that lion will enable me uh, to defeat this Philistine who defies the armies of the Lord. Lord, our God. And of course we know the story. God did just that. But David had a confidence. David was able to trust God uh, to to defeat that A giant because God had a track record with him. God had proved faithful. How many today can say God has been faithful to you? How many can say God has come through every single time? Then that should give us a confidence to trust in God in the future. Yes, future battles, future struggles look daunting, but he will give us the strength we need at the time because we can trust him to be our strength. It's a natural human response to despair when we cannot cope. Instead, let's look to him. He will not fail you. You can trust him to be your strength. What's the third benefit to trusting God in the valley? You can trust him to be your source. Verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless says, so first of all, he's a son. What does a sun do? The sun enlightens us, and he says he's a shield. What does a shield do? Protects us, doesn't it? He's a son to enlighten us. He's a shield to protect us. Another psalm says, you, O Lord, are a shield about me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Did you know we have a shield today? We have a shield you know, when you buy a new car, they, 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 they often uh, include or they charge you extra for a, a seal and a protectant coat to protect the finish. We, we move, walk around with a spiritual protectant, amen? A spiritual uh, finish that protects us. God is our shield today. And he won't allow one thing to come through to you, uh, one negative thing that he doesn't want to allow Uh, for his glory and to do his work in your life. He's a sun and shield. Secondly, uh, his favor and his honor he bestows on us. The word favor in other translations is translated grace. To bear up under trials and honor after the trial. Psalm 3, verses 1 through 3 says, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, but you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He bestows his favor or his grace and his honor upon us. What's the third uh, point about him being our source? He supplies everything we need. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. I want you to think about that. Because we go through uh, spells. We, we, we have pity parties, don't we? You ever have a pity party? Send out the invitations, no one shows up. That's the nature of pity parties. We just feel sorry for ourselves, and the rest of the world doesn't care. Do they? And oh, I wish my life was like this. I wish I had that. So-and-so's been blessed this way. I wish I had this. I wish my circumstances I wish, and I, if only, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this, but if only I had what so-and-so has, boy, then you'd see me shine, you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd just be taken off. If only I had this. If only I had that. And, and, That flies in the face of what the Word of God is saying here. Because God said, no good thing, no good thing will he withhold from them whose walk is blameless. What does that mean? To the child of God, it means this. If God hasn't given it to you, you don't need it. It's not a good thing for you. Yeah, but yeah, but so-and-so, uh, Christian, you know, and, and this lady over here, look at what... Yeah, but that's them. We get our eyes on other people, don't we? we t- I want what they want. Boy, that, that attitude doesn't please God. No good thing will he withhold from them whose walk is blameless. God, you give me everything I need. And, and you know, Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. We need to learn to be content. Amen? No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. We can trust God to be our source. When Germany invaded the Soviet Union during World War II, for a while they had great success. But then they made a critical mistake. They outran their supply lines. And consequently, their troops did not have what they needed when the brutal Russian winter set in, and that led to Germany's eventual defeat. And that's a classic military blunder to outrun your supply lines. Can I tell you something, church? You can never outrun God's supply line. Wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, he will be your source. He will give you what you need. If it's finances, he will bless you with the finances you need. Didn't say he'd make you a millionaire or a billionaire, but he'll give you what you need. If it's it's physical strength, he'll give you what you need. If it's an emotional uh, renewal, emotional healing, uh, he will give you that as well. If it's someone to come around you and support you, he will supply that to you. He will give you everything you need. You can't outrun. If you tried, you couldn't outrun his supply line. What do you need today? What is it you need? Finances, material goods, health, wisdom, encouragement, comfort. Whatever it is, God has an abundant supply. Do you, I was thinking back. I mentioned COVID at the beginning. I was thinking back. Do you remember the empty store shelves? I mean, you know, you go into the average grocery store, every shelf in normal times is just packed. Remember, remember empty shelves? Bread? Toilet paper? That was a big one, right? And, and other, other things you, you couldn't find. I remember going from store to store trying to find hand soap. You know, you couldn't find it. And, and uh, you know, supplies ran low and they ran out. God never runs out. He never runs low. You don't have to worry about a supply shortage when it comes to what you need from Almighty God. How many have found that to be true? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs. Do you know what all means there? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're sharp, aren't you? I've tried that one too many times here. All means all. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, we either believe that word from the Lord or we don't. I choose to believe it. Amen. Look to Almighty God as your source. Conclusion this morning. I want to read again or or quote again from verse 12, our theme verse. Oh Lord Almighty, blessed is the man, blessed is the one who trusts in you. When we trust in him, we're blessed. Let me ask you this morning who or what are you trusting in today during your time in the valley? Government? (laughs) Good luck. Experts? How many know experts fail? Friends? Thank God for friends. They'll fail you sometimes too, though. Yourself? That's the height of arrogance, isn't it? I'm going to trust in myself. All these can be helpful at times, but only in limited measure. Ultimately, we need to put our trust in God. He will never fail us. We can trust Him in the valley. We can trust Him to be our sanctuary, our dwelling place, our place of peace and comfort and security, a place where we worship Him and dwell in His presence. We can trust Him to be our strength to supply the power, to give us that spiritual adrenaline that we need during difficult times. And we can trust him to be our source, to supply whatever we need. No good thing will he withhold from them whose walk is blameless. Hallelujah. We serve a faithful God. We can trust him, not only on the mountaintop. If you're on the mountaintop today, God bless you. I hope you stay there a while. But there's a valley experience coming. Pastor Tim, how can you say that? Because I've lived long enough. I've lived long enough. Life is a series of mountaintops and valleys, isn't it? Maybe you're in the valley today. You can trust God even in the valley. God bless you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're in the Lord's presence here. We're in the sanctuary. We are in the dwelling place. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you are in the valley, you're in the dry place, and it's difficult, it's tough, it's strenuous, I want you to know that you can trust almighty God. You can trust him to be faithful.